Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, this week with the readings that we are invited to meditate upon, this is the week, uh, I'm going to call it the week of shocking and unexpected fertility. The Lord putting life where it didn't seem possible. So today in the first reading we have from the book of Judges the story of Manoah's wife. Manoah is married to this, uh, this woman who she's not named in scripture, right? And the angel of the Lord appears to this woman and says to her, Though you are barren and have had no children, yet you will conceive and bear a son. The son that she conceives, of course, is, is Samson, the mighty warrior who begins the uh, the liberation of the Israelites from the Philistines. And the, you can see the, the, in the angel's prescriptions to Manoah, uh, to his wife, you can see this prefigurement of John the Baptist, right? This, this whole idea of he'll be blessed from the womb, he should have no uh, wine or strong drink, etc., etc., right? So you can see the, the parallelism there. Um, or the Alleluia verse that we have. Uh, I didn't proclaim it, but the verse that comes right before the gospel. It's it comes from the O Antiphon for the day, right? So from, from December 17th through the 24th, we have those O Antiphons. And we have today the, the root of Jesse's stem, a sign of God's love for his people come to save us without delay. That's the Alleluia verse. So the, the, the Antiphon, of course, is speaking about the, the, from the stump of Jesse, a shoot shall sprout, right? A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. What is a shoot? It's new life. And what is a stump? It's a dead tree, right? Barrenness, right? New life shall spring forth from barrenness. And then we come to this beautiful gospel that we have from Luke 1, the story of Gabriel's annunciation to Zechariah, right? Because there's two annunciation scenes in the beginning of Luke. The, the first to Zechariah and then the second to, to Our Lady, right? While he's performing his priestly service in the temple. And, of course, this is what we come to find out about Zechariah and his wife. Luke says this, that both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Of course, right, they're childless. And the angel tells him this astounding news, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, And you shall name him John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And Zechariah's response is one of sheer incredulity. He does not believe this. And if you're Gabriel, you're thinking, hello, do you see me, right? Do you think it's like... I would love like to expand the subtext of, you know, the actual conversation and hear... Gabriel's response, like, Zechariah, did you think that the Lord didn't know this? That you're old, advanced in years? Like, I'm an angel. We got this kind of a thing, right? Anyway, so life springs forth. Life springs forth in Elizabeth's womb. So God is putting life where, he, where we didn't think it was possible, this week of unexpected fertility. So here's the question. Why are we led to contemplate this idea of unexpected fertility in these days immediately preceding the Lord's nativity. 
a few reasons. I'll give you two. First, I would say it's this, to highlight the miraculous conception and the miraculous uh, virginal birth of Jesus, that something extraordinary is happening here, right? It's not as though Mary's womb was barren. She was pledged to the Lord. She was virginal, right? It's not as though she was barren. She was virginal. It's very different. God is intervening in a very direct and powerful way, bringing about something new, right? Isaiah saying all the time, I'm doing a new thing. This is the new thing that he's doing. But I think a deeper reason why we're led to contemplate this mystery of fruitfulness springing forth from barrenness is because it's, it's, it captures the heart of the mystery of the incarnation, right? The goal of Jesus, the divine bridegroom, in the whole economy of salvation He's bringing about the revelation of the goodness of the Father, right? He's revealing the superabundant, life-giving goodness of the Father. He's transforming. He's redeeming. This whole world, it was originally a garden that became a desert. He's turning it back into the lush, fruitful place that God meant it to be, right? It's a redemption story. This is what the Lord does. This is what the bridegroom does. He elevates. He transforms. He multiplies. He fills with life. This is what our God does because this is who our God is. He's super abundant, life-giving love. I mean, go to Cana at the beginning. They have no more wine. They've run out of wine. Okay, well, here's 180 gallons of the finest wine saved the best for last. Or we have fished all night and we've caught nothing. Fine, here's enough fish to sink your boat, right? Or we don't have enough food to feed all these people. Send them back to their towns. All we have are five loaves and two fish. Okay, have them sit down. Let's feed them. 15,000 people with 12 wicker baskets full left over. Or how about the dead are raised to life. Corpses are filled with life. Barren bodies are filled with life. The blind regain their sight light and shape and color fill the soul again, right? Or the the deaf have their hearing restored, the mute have their tongues released, the crippled and the lame they walk, the lepers are cleansed. Why all of this? Because heaven is impregnating earth with divine life, with divine joy, with divine healing and beauty and mercy. This is the story, right? This is the story. Jesus, he is, he is the divine seed, Scattered by the hand of the Father, planted deep into the fertile soil, first of, a Mar- of Mary's immaculate womb, and then deep into the soil of creation, now then springing forth into superabundant life. This is the story. He's the word that goes forth from the mouth of the Father. And what does he do? He accomplishes the will of his Father. Just as the spring rains come down and they water and irrigate the earth, bringing forth life, right? He's the one who turns graves back into gardens. He's the one who turns tombs back into wombs because why? Because he's the redeemer. He's the redeemer. He's the restorer. He's the rescuer. He's the bridegroom. That's who he is. He is the superabundant love of the Father. We're meant to be filled with hope, thinking about the barrenness of our lives being impregnated with divine life, that life might spring forth where we least expect it to come forth. 
that hope might spring forth where we're most hopeless, that newness might spring forth where there's just nothing but the same. This is what we're led to contemplate right before the mystery of the Lord's nativity. And it's pretty astounding if you ask me. Amen.